0: Each and every Sunday we gather to worship, but why do we worship the way that we do? I'm Rebecca Garrett Pace, and this is The Day After Sunday, a look at the why behind the worship. Well, good morning. Welcome. Thanks for listening to The Day After Sunday. My name is Rebecca Garrett-Pace, and my guest this morning with me is Mr. Kyle Oberchrome, the one and the only. Welcome, Kyle. Good morning. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. Taking some time
0: on your day off. I assume it's a day off since it's a bank holiday. It is. Yeah.
1: Bank holiday.
0: Yeah. Well, welcome. Um, so if you're listening and you have not had a chance to worship with us um, at White Rock, Number one, we hope that you join us some Sunday, either in person or online, but specifically for yesterday, you can also catch our worship services, um, service single. (laughs) I was just in one. I don't know about you. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was just one for me. Um... On Facebook or YouTube, we have, uh, if you go to our Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can catch Worship From Yesterday. And it was a great Sunday. It was, musically speaking, it was quite varied in yes. style, right? Yes, I loved it. <laughs> Kyle, you um, you play string bass, and I'm, I've am i been so grateful to have you involved in folk band mainly. But recently, you've kind of been involved into a couple other different things. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, yesterday was... I don't know, the premiere yeah. of our instrumentalist group. Yep. Um, and so that that's a fun group, uh, all instrument, no singing, um, which is a little different. It uh, is different. But uh, you know, I, I think when you have the singing, you're always listening to the words and you're kind of letting the words guide the music. Um, and this one, you have to pay a lot more attention to each other's instruments mm-hmm. and how, how it sounds and so mm-hmm. that, that's really interesting
0: yeah and I so the group is um, it's pretty small we have two wind and two strings right now mm-hmm. but if you're listening and you'd like to join there's always room for more yes um, but yeah and I think like Jordan said it very well yesterday when we were practicing she said you know since there are no words and also since I wasn't conducting I wanted to kind of get out of the way of you guys making music um, you were listening to each other breathe And breathing together, making sure that the phrases were together. Um, But yeah, that Finlandia tune, I think people probably have heard. Because it's a a hymn tune to one of the hymns that we sing um, pretty frequently called um, This Is My Song. This is my song, O God of all the nations. And so, but it was just instruments. So you get to really hear the harmonies and yeah. What was that like for you? I mean, you played bass and then we had clarinet violin and flute
1: mm-hmm. no I, I thought it was great I think the thing that I enjoyed about it the most is I, I think the dynamics and the way we were able to kind of play with the sound as you know there's parts where it, it starts out relatively loud then it quiets down then it gets really loud quiets way back down again yeah, yeah, And yeah. I, I think that's always fun for me yeah. um, because you get to it's not just straight playing, which is not what you're supposed to do ever as right. a musician. But uh, <laughs> I can't say that doesn't happen sometimes. Sure.
0: Yeah. So you did you play in orchestra, like coming up through school? Is that where you first picked up the bass? I did, ever yeah. since
1: fifth grade. Really? Yes.
0: Did you ever try any other instruments or was it always like, no, I want to play the big string bass?
1: Always string bass. That's cool. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I, I, I played the piano as a kid. Yeah. Um, but when I switched to bass, it... No, no looking back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever played with wind instruments? Have you ever played in like a, uh, a yeah. band before? Yeah, we yeah.
1: did. Um, we had string only instruments mm-hmm. in high school, mm-hmm. but then we also had like the full orchestra. Nice. Uh, so that That's was great. fun.
0: great. Very cool. Um, and then also you played string bass on the anthem yesterday, which was called How Sweet the Sound, um, but obviously the words were the amazing grace that we all know and love it was mm-hmm. just a different tune clearly a different vibe than we absolutely uh, <laughs> it was that's one of the only jazz pieces we've done as a choir I think I can't remember yeah I want to
1: say maybe there was one but I, I can't point it out yeah but so jazzy so jazzy
0: to- <laughs> we were
1: talking <laughs> about this last night and I told Corrine I'm gonna try to say jazzy 10 times today okay you're so. already three in so
0: that's pretty good <laughs> Yeah, Um, but yeah. Have you ever? I'm I'm forgetting. You probably have told me this, but hey, just for the sake of the podcast, um, have you ever been involved in the music and worship ministries at other churches?
1: Yeah. So the church that I grew up in, I played the well. I said string bass, uh, bass guitar. In their praise band. What?
0: I did not know you played bass guitar. Yeah. Making a note.
1: I started. I don't have one, so that makes it hard. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But. But yeah, so I I did that. They were they weren't very folksy. They're they're more like I don't know. Contemporary Contemporary Christian, sure. Chris Tomlin, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so oh, did cool. that through college. Nice. And then came over here and loved White Rock and then I think Somebody told you that I played an (laughs) instrument.
0: I don't remember who it was.
1: Probably Corinne.
0: Probably Corinne or Stephanie.
1: That, yeah. Yeah. It it could have been Stephanie. That's Um, funny.
0: Yeah. So, what, I mean, you said you loved White Rock and clearly you're very involved. You're also our lay leader. Yes. Um, What drew you to White Rock, though? What specifically, if you remember, you know, what kind of drew you to our community?
1: You know, I think it was how neighborhood focus the church was Mm. that was a new concept to me yeah um and i think the church makes a the the congregation does a really good job of integrating with the community and opening themselves up to the community yeah i think that was what made the difference for me um and then the people yeah
0: that's cool how long have you been here
1: oh good question
0: five years (laughs) five years has it been a jazzy five (laughs) years
1: It's been a jazzy five
0: years. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, so yesterday, too, we started a new worship series um, called The Good Life. I keep wanting to say The Good Place because that's what... Our, that's what the look of our um, worship graphic was based mm-hmm. on, was the sitcom The Good Place. Have you ever watched The Good Place?
1: I've seen some clips. Yeah. Um, Corinne, she, yeah. she watched all of it, so that's how I know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my husband and I, um, Jeff and I watched through it once um, and really enjoyed it, and then I have rewatched it again several times, um, so Jeff feels okay. like he's also rewatched it even though yes. he hasn't. yeah um, but yeah, so we, we took this kind of look of in, in the Good Place, if you haven't seen it, um, it's, it's based on kind of an afterlife experience. And when the characters first open their eyes in the first uh, episode, they, they see this beautiful, bright Kelly Green text on the wall that says, welcome, everything is fine. And so that's what we wanted to base that on is like this very simple, you know, pretty green color that's just like the, the good life, everything is fine, looking for ways that generosity can create joy and compassion and world, like global impact and all this kind of stuff. Um, but funny story, so yesterday, uh, well, every Sunday, I have a meeting with Dexter and Char- Charlie and Rolf, our AV team, um, and we just go through all of the... You know, nuts and bolts and make sure everything's in order. And Rolf said, he was looking at the graphic, he said, you know, it kind of reminds me of a sitcom. Is that (laughs) weird to say? I was like, that is not weird to say. That is perfect to say because it's exactly what we were going for. Nailed Um, it. Nailed it. So good job, Victoria. She she designed it for us. Um, But yeah, so I mean, as Mitchell said, right, sometimes a giving campaign can seem, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, maybe pedantic Sure. But hopefully, you know, hopefully this one is, it feels fresh and simple, kind of like the graphic. Um, And I'm just curious if you have any insight, like as our lay leader, what you hope that we as a community get from this series that we're embarking on this week.
1: Yeah. So um, I think we'll we'll learn more about the good life (laughs) over the next few Sundays, Um, but But really, it's just an opportunity for us all as individuals, as families, as a congregation to evaluate kind of what areas in our life are we generous? What areas could we could we be more generous? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I I'm hoping for a lot of introspection kind of through this time.
0: Mm, That's a good word. Yeah, because sometimes we're sometimes we're not moving slowly enough to be introspective.
1: Right. 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 Like.
0: Rushing around, and I think that too. Going back to the graphic, that's what we wanted to capture: is this, you know, this couch. Um, it provides a sense of simplicity, maybe of relaxation, maybe of focus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not, you know, there's there's no shortage of things that can capture our attention and that can vie for our attention. And most of them are very important, yeah. right? We need to give our attention to work and school and job and errands and, you know, um, that fundraiser that we forgot about, right? Whatever <laughs> that is. Uh, but how do we create space then to be led by God's Spirit to be more generous? Right, right. Um, I loved the questions that Mitchell asked us in his sermon. Um, let me pull up my notes, make sure I get them right. Um, he said, well, first he said, think of a time when someone was generous with you or to you or for you, right? Like you, were, you received someone else's generosity. He told that very powerful story, mm-hmm. you know, of him... Um, receiving someone else's generosity when he couldn't afford to buy his groceries. Um, have you had a time like that when you just, you really stepped back and realized how generous someone was with you?
1: Yeah, there's there's been a few, right? You know, you know I've been around <laughs> for 29 <laughs> years. Um, but one that really stuck out to me yesterday when Mitchell asked that question yeah. was uh, my second grade teacher, mm. Mrs. Eret. Um, and so uh, the story goes that you know, she, she was a really effective teacher. Um, but I was, you know, struggling, getting a little bored in class. And so she took her time after school, um, finding different assignments for me Mm -hmm. that would keep me more engaged and keep me learning. Uh, and I mean, it, it had to have been a ton of work on her part. She also graded it, right? So it's, I mean, she's grading extra assignments that don't don't count, don't matter really. <laughs> um, but just, just so I could learn. But they and feel to engaged. You. Yeah, they did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that was, that was huge. Mm, um, that's cool. And also really kind of solidified my love of math.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And clearly, right. You remember her name, you remember all these details. So like clearly mm-hmm. she made a big impact on you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. that's really neat. How about you?
0: Um, I mean on, on the subject of school, for sure, I can come up with dozens of, of stories of teachers. I was a very anxious kid. Um, no surprise. I'm also a very anxious <laughs> adult. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, there were a lot of teachers who were just really kind to me, but, um, in my adult life, something that came, came up for me when Mitchell asked that question was actually at the, the church that I served prior to White Rock, first UMC in Gainesville. Um, we were, we were starting a new worship service, um and the, the church kind of took a big risk, right? They were always more kind of traditionally inclined and they wanted to take this leap and start a more modern kind of worship service. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the men that was in my choir, just a huge supporter, you know, he um and his and like he had a small group of friends, they were just like big supporters of me and of the work that we were doing, and he made the leap, so he continued to sing in choir and he made the leap of time commitment to to start this second service with me, and he ended up giving me a guitar. Um, brand new. Like he bought one for me. It wasn't just like a hand-me-down that he found in his closet, right? He actually spent money. And I asked him, I was like, why, why in the world? He's like, well, you know, you're a really good leader. I believe in what you're doing, and I wanted to give this to you. And uh, that's the guitar that I still use, you know, almost every Sunday when I play. So that's just, you know, at that time in my ministry, in my career, I certainly couldn't have afforded to buy one for myself. Um, So, yeah, that that was very humbling, right, that that somebody – saw the potential in me to be a leader, even in a way that I couldn't see myself at the time, you know right? Um, so yeah,
1: yeah, that awesome. was really,
0: really meaningful. And then, of course, Mitchell's second question is, do you know of a time when you were very generous to someone? And that's a harder question for me.
1: same. same. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I came up with nothing <laughs> i
0: I mean, I'd like to think that I'm a generous person, but I also I feel kind of weird bringing those those uh, memories up because I'm like I don't want to feel like I'm you know
1: Floating. Yeah, right yeah
0: right but it is important you know it's mm-hmm. important to stretch yourself and realize like. Am I being honest with myself? Am I am I as generous as I think I am, number one? <laughs> right. And if even if you are, how do you, you know, celebrate the good that you've done? That it's not bragging or gloating, but it is just being like truthful and celebrating generosity. But yeah, that was a tougher one.
1: Yeah, I, I had the same thoughts. I'm like <laughs> I'm sure someone will tell me that I did something that was very generous for them or for the community or something, but I, you know, I just, I couldn't think of anything myself. I'm like, Hmm.
0: I know. I know. It's (laughs) It's easier to hear from someone else that you impacted their lives than Mm -hmm. it is for you to come up. Well, speaking of how good I am, you know, (laughs) should have seen
1: what I did last week.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. I know that was, that was a tough, tough thing for me to, um, I actually yeah I'm I'm the same way I didn't I didn't think of anything in particular not as not to the extent that I feel like people have given me. Right. Maybe which was a call to action that I do want to be more generous and more mm-hmm. like stretch that um stretch that part of my ministry.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I I wonder if we if we asked this, you know, a survey of the congregation how many of them thought of something. I wonder if yeah. we're in the minority or I imagine maybe we might be. Yeah. In good company.
0: Yeah, I, I think probably so. And hey, if you're listening to this um, and you want to share your stories, either of people being generous, you know, for you or you being generous to somebody else, we would love to hear them. You can email us at worship at wrumc dot org. Um, love to hear your stories. Um, you can also just you know send us a message on Facebook. There's any number of ways you can reach out to us, but we would love to to hear those stories as a community. Yes. So. Well, so something else that I asked you to think about before this um, podcast, Kyle, is we say in the intro that this podcast talks about the why behind the worship. Um, So the day after Sunday is kind of we unpack what happened yesterday, but also more broadly, why do we worship the way that we do? And so I asked you this question. Is there anything about our worship liturgies or services that you're curious about? Um, Why we do things the way we do, you know, what the processes is, is what you want to learn more about. So anything that came up for you?
1: Yeah. So mine is more of a how than a why. Okay. And and I know a little bit. Wrong (laughs) question. Just kidding. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, No. So I was thinking, you know, could you walk us through what the worship planning looks like? I know it's probably a longer term Project than than most of us realize. So
0: sure, yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so this might come as a surprise to you, but I bet you'll appreciate it as a okay. math person. Uh, it all starts with a spreadsheet.
1: Oh, beautiful. are you very excited? Yes. <laughs> Count me in.
0: <laughs> so yes, we have a uh, we have a spreadsheet called Worship Planning, and we have a tab for each year, and then on each year we have um, a multi-column like hundreds of rows uh, of worship design, and so the columns are, you know, the date, the sermon title, the scriptures, um, who's going to be out of town, who's preaching, notes about the theme, uh, hymns, liturgical notes, which, you know, are we doing something different with the call to worship, or are we doing something uh, different with communion, just kind of general liturgy notes. Um, So that's kind of where it all gets... Brain dumped in there, and that's where we kind of organize. You know, that's what we go to when I'm making the bulletins each week. I go to the worship, you know, spreadsheet and I pull the information that I need and on that. But as far as the design of it, um, I tend to. I like to work in blocks. Um, I'm not a. I'm sure this is shocking to you. I'm not a week to week planner. I like to plan ahead. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm. I'm very grateful that. You know, Mitchell and our actually our whole program staff um, is very much bought into this idea of collaboration. Um, mm-hmm. That's certainly not the only way to do it, but that's definitely my preferred way. I don't want to work in a silo. Um, I want to collaborate. You know, I want to hear um, Phil's thoughts about what music he finds meaningful, and he wants to hear my thoughts of ways that you know discipleship can bleed over into music. Like it's it's yeah. a, it's a two way street. And so we we collaborate. We like to meet several times a year and kind of get these blocks of worship planned out at a time so we can think farther in advance. Okay. And we tend to work, um, I would say typically we, we have anchor points throughout the year. So obviously Advent and Lent going to be the big ac- anchor points. And then we sort of work behind and in front of those to say, okay, what does the congregation need that will get them ready for this Lent journey that we want them to take, or what does the congregation need, um, right before stewardship so that they're ready for stewardship when it gets here, you know? And that's the question we asked. That's what, uh, guided us in our previous worship series, what's going to get us grounded Mm -hmm. (laughs) in, and in preparation for this Good Life series. And so it's not ever, uh, a single Sunday here or there or everywhere. It's, it's really this continuous story.
1: Right. I'm not even um, a single series. Right. right? Not it a single series. yeah. Yeah, kind of into each other. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome.
0: And at the same time, you know, we, um, we have to stay flexible, right? We have to stay on our toes. Certainly in the last year and a half, we've learned that, right? <laughs> yes. um. We've learned a lot. <laughs> Mitchell mentioned this a few weeks ago, um, but he didn't really expand on it. So the, the series grounded that we just left, um, we redid that series, I think, a total of six times because okay. we started planning it in May and June when things were looking up. We were like, oh, let's have a series called We're Back. And we'll talk about like, oh, we're getting these fall programmings up and running. Everybody's back in person. You know, everybody's vaccinated. Hunky-dory. And then Delta happened. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, we can't call it We're Back because we're not back yet. We're kind of back, but we're not back. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so what is it? I'm curious, like, what your experience is from a person, not only who worships in the pews, but also who's very involved in the the music ministry. Um, What is it like for you to experience those worship series, right? Do you, I'll just leave it there. It's a very broad question.
1: Yeah, no, it is (laughs) uh, terrifyingly broad. (laughs) No, uh, I think, so as a person in the pews, you do catch the theme. I mean, it's obvious in front of you, but but I've also I've picked up on how each kind of series lends itself to the next. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that's been really interesting to me. As a musician, I love how the songs that I'm sure you do mm-hmm. a lot of the selecting for, uh, they really tie into to the theme and, yeah. and to the sermon itself, right? Um, even and occasionally, right, it, it leads right back to the passages that mm-hmm. we read. Mm-hmm um I I think that that's what I really appreciate it from a musician standpoint that that I'm kind of helping tell that story in in a musical sense
0: I love that yeah absolutely or doing my best no I think that's (laughs) perfect I think helping tell the story is is a really great way to say it and that's what I've talked with the choir and the folk band about right it's like Mm -hmm. you're not you are performers because there is an element of performance whenever we sure. you know prepare music but you're also worship leaders right alongside me um yeah no I really love that uh I had another question but I forgot what it was um oh so yeah uh, okay so back to Mitchell's sermon I thought that When he mentioned the story that happened, and he wasn't making that up. That was not a sermon illustration (laughs) when he talked about the person coming in asking for assistance. um, Mm -hmm. That really did happen. Phil and I were were there, and Mitchell was – he came into the room, and in very Mitchell style, he said, Hey, so thinking of making a big change, (laughs) we were like, oh, boy. Uh, And then he told us about this idea, right, this call to action, Mm -hmm. um, which is very bold, I think, for churches in our demographic that um, maybe, for lack of a better word, we sometimes think of the sermon as a more intellectual exercise. Sure. um, Not necessarily something that we're called to go act upon in the real world. Right. But then he decided, you know, he came in and he said, hey, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Is this going to scare people off? To say, if you need something, ask and if you can give something, give. Um, and literally in the middle, as he was like opening his mouth in the middle of that, um, this person walked in and said, hey, are you the pastor? I need to talk to you. I need some help. And wow. yeah, I mean, goosebumps. Yeah. Right. And and uh, he said, yeah, you know, just give me a second and then I'll be right with you. And he, he just looked at me and Phil and <laughs> like, I was like, well, that seems like <laughs> a sign. Doing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That answers that. That
0: answers that, right? Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't say that lightly. I i do really believe that the Holy Spirit moves that way sometimes. Yeah, yeah for um, sure. But yeah, I just wanted to say, since this is a behind the scenes look, that was not a sermon illustration. That legit happened and it was really cool and really powerful.
1: Yeah. I um, i think the the call to action, I, I think I've called it an experiment mm, in my own words. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, I, I, I w- personally would love to hear the stories, obviously not the names of people, but sure. the stories of the people that get impacted by by our collective action.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so I, I think I think it'll be really powerful,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it kind of helps us to get past this um, mistaken notion that our community is sort of monolithic, mm-hmm. right? You know, oh, we're we're mostly this, we're mostly that, we're, you know, we're mostly people who have more money than we know what to do with. Well, we don't know that that's true, you know, or we're mostly people who um, just sit in the pews and don't go and do anything, or we're mostly people who are very action-minded. I think through those stories, we find that we're more diverse than we think. We have, like Barbara said, oh my goodness, loved Barbara's video. So cool. Um, Compassion is a gut word. Right, mm-hmm. it's something you can't not do when you f- when you feel this compassion, whether it's for yourself, or for a neighbor, um, or for somebody that you view as an enemy <laughs> or an adversary. Right. Um, yeah, it just compassion as this gut feeling of something that you have to act on is really cool.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I love that. Yeah. Um, I couldn't couldn't explain it better myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so we'll have three more video three more weeks of the series with three more videos hopefully mm-hmm. um to tell little pieces of other stories right and that's that's what kind of drives us um well thanks for being here Kyle this was yeah, fun yeah
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: any closing like thoughts or questions or anything you have that comes to mind no kind of putting you on the spot here no,
1: <laughs> no I think actually I, I was <laughs> I was thinking about how I think I was on the Sunday sit down during the last uh, campaign. Oh, were you really? So I, I was funny. thinking back to that. I'm like, what is what is one thing that I'd love to get out? And so uh, if I may just yeah, throw absolutely. something out totally. there. Totally. Um, for for the people for our families who are trying to discern um, what what they're called to to give mm-hmm. for our campaign. I think it's really important to involve your children in that decision Mm. um not only because children don't get enough financial literacy in the school system yeah um but also you're you're showing you're being a really great role model and showing like look you know we make this money as a family but it's important for us to to give some of that to our church community Mm -hmm. so uh, that's just one thing that that I want to I want to get out there because I, I think it's really important.
0: I love it. That's great. That's a great reminder, um, right? And Phil also in his children's sermon, he c- sort of encouraged the kids to do just that. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not just the parents who who make all the big money that can do big things. Like you can do big things too, um, yeah. even if it's just a few coins or if it's a starburst. Star- that I you, love the yeah? starburst. <laughs> Starburst that you give to your friend and wasn't expecting it, right? Just a little bit of joy and happiness that you can share. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that. I love that. Well, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we hope that you join us again uh, each Monday for the day after Sunday. I don't know if you knew that, Kyle. Monday is the day after Sunday. It is. Um, and uh, we hope that you have a great week, and we'll talk to you later. See you soon. Day After Sunday is a production of White Rock Media Network. Join us next week for another look at the why behind the worship.